We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Ah, money. True to form this week, the market is, is not getting too fired up about the latest batch of earnings results. Instead, it continues to smolder after having been on fire since June 3rd. It's been a crazy, crazy month. Um, but yet now, we've had such big gains this year. Would you be happy with 20% gains? It, most people would be. Um, and that's kind of where we should probably leave it. But that's not going to happen because it's only middle of July and we still have a few more months to go. Netflix shares are crashing today after disappointing second quarter results. Pretty interesting. First time ever, I don't know if that's right, uh, that they had subscriber losses in the U.S. And to be quite honest with you, this is going to be the next 12 months. A lot of competitions coming in on Netflix that's never been there before. And they're starting to lose exclusivity to shows like um, The Office and Friends and uh, other big hits from the past that the big TV networks put a lot of money into. And they retain a lot of the rights. you got to imagine, like, the Big Bang Theory will be something big for the CBS. Friends big for NBC Universal. You get the idea, right? Seinfeld, probably NBC Universal. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that because I know a lot of the rights were sold in the past. Uh, but maybe ownership I don't know on. So anyway, uh, Netflix reported a quarterly global new paid streaming subscribers fell sharply short of expectations. Revenue was $4.92 billion versus expectations $4.93 billion. Earnings per share were $0.60 cents a share versus $0.56 cents expectations. So it looks good on those level. They added 2.7 million new subscribers, but they were expected to add 5.06. They lost domestic U.S. subscribers 126000 versus expectations of gaining 390000 So it's telling you that um, maybe competition is looming. Maybe... They don't have franchises like Star Wars and the Marvel superheroes that create kind of a stickiness for permanence. Stranger Things is awesome, but maybe some people are ordering it for a month, watching all the things that they want to watch, then turning it off for six months. I haven't quite looked at all the data, but Disney, Comcast, Apple, CBS all have platforms coming in video. It's going to be interesting. AT&T announced earlier this month it would pull friends from Netflix to place it on its own service. HBO Max set to launch in spring 2020. Comcast is set to pull The Office from Netflix in 2021. And uh, for all of the good that they do on Netflix, now they're starting to show you their platform and they're starting to show you the releases way ahead of schedule to say, look, this is why you want to stay with us. They're trying to space it out perfectly so that, you know, as soon as one show ends for you, another one begins. As of July 9th, 41 million American consumers had watched the third season of Netflix's Stranger Things. So it was a good quarter. It wasn't a great quarter. 
And with competition looming, seriously, competing with Disney, that's going to be a good competitor. That's going to be a real good competitor. Um, this year is also going to bring films from critically acclaimed uh, director Martin Scorsese. He's going to do The Irishman, which will have plenty of star power, including Hollywood veterans Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. you got to imagine Martin Scorsese is not going to go cheap. Michael Bay is directing Six Underground, which has Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds attached. One of my complaints on Netflix is the quality of their films seems to be very in- indie-driven, which is fine. Uh, I watched a, a film on Netflix when I was stuck in the mountains, and it was called I Am Mother. It's about this robot, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but there's only three actors in it. And it felt like kind of a play. Uh, good film. I enjoyed it. It was a little long, but uh, you can see a problem there, right? So Netflix has succumbed to discriminated selling activity. I'm going to look at it in the next couple of days. It won't be tomorrow. It won't be the day after that because I talked about it today. But maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, if I don't talk about it, if I don't pre-front pre run it, I might look at it. I, I don't know yet. Uh, it's news-driven. The law says that if I talk about it, I have to wait three days to buy or sell. And that stinks because like one day, something like an Apple, which I own, will fall and I'll want to sell it. But it's more important to talk about it on the news, right? So good news out today. Raymond James upgraded Apple to outperform from market perform. And that's all about 5G. Uh, 5G is getting more and more buzz. It's basically a nice continual connection to the internet that's super fast. Um, it's going to be a, a, a game changer compared to 4G. But it, my guess is it'll slowly evolve. But once Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint start offering 5G, your 4G phone's not going to work as well. And it's not going to take advantage of it. So you'll say, time to upgrade. I have an iPhone 10, and the new model that came out the following year, I don't see a difference. It's getting that hard to see the difference. Um, I like technology. I grew up with technology. Some kids had a, uh, a baba, something to suck on, and uh, I had gadgets. <laughs> I love gadgets, right? Initial claims for the week ending July 13th increased to 8,000. This is the unemployment numbers. Those are fine. Uh, any number under 350,000 is great, and it's been a long time. It's been years since we've been over 350,000. So we have a decent economy. Key takeaway from the report is it covers the period in which the survey for July employment report is conducted. We'll get that in August, the first Friday of the month. Um, so it's a good number. Taiwan Semiconductor. Taiwan Semiconductor has claimed that it is beyond a cyclical bottom for its business. So they're saying, and then Apple is saying, well, an analyst has upgraded Apple because of 5G, and Taiwan Semi is basically saying the same thing. Taiwan Semi makes the ovens that bake the semiconductors. Um, I don't know if that's exactly quite the way I want to say that, but that's kind of the way I'm doing it. So take it and or leave it. Philadelphia Fed manufacturing gauge rebounded in July to its highest level in a year. Another data point that the economy is doing okay. Now, there's different Fed manufacturing surveys and Fed surveys. There's one for New York, there's one for Boston, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Houston. You get the idea, right? And then all those Fed governors get together and they rabble. And they're like, hey, how's business in your part of the town? Rubble, rubble, rubble. Uh, how's impl- how's uh, inflation? Rubble, rubble, rubble. Average hourly work? Rubble, rubble, rubble. And they decide, well, is that good enough for the economy or do we need to juice it by lowering interest rates? So they rabble. Um, that's why we report on those kinds of numbers. Anyhow, in any way, um, let's see. I want to I look one more time at Netflix. For some reason, I got this morbid fascination of stocks that are getting hit. It's down to 322 down 40 bucks today, down 11%. Now, if you liked it at 360 do you like it at 320 It's a beauty of a question. 
Could it fall far enough that Apple says, you know, screw this. We can have an instant platform. Maybe. Apple has the money to buy that kind of company. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. It's a start. Lower mortgage rates are boosting home building. That's nice. It's nice like rice. It's jobs. It's more housing. You know how Donald Trump's got this war at the border of immigration issues? People come to our country on a regular basis. We need more housing. Look at your neighborhood. Is there 50% empty houses or 40% empty houses? Probably not. We need more housing because it's not just people coming to our country. It's also people making babies. We need more housing. And again, just on my neighborhood, there isn't an empty house. Maybe there is. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, I own a second home. It's getaway home kind of thing. I'm not terribly proud of saying that out loud because it sounds like egregious, but it's truly the only luxury I have in my life. I have shoes that have holes in them. Like, I'm, I'm pretty frugal. But at the end of the street, there's a, there's a uh, private road. And someone lives up there. And rumor has it it's a meth lab now. And the question is, begs the question, is why did you call the police? And you're like, no... Police say you want to wait on it. You want to wait till things get a little bit hairier, a little bit dirtier, a little bit stinkier, per se. Uh, so when there is a bust, um, they get a lot of dirt, so to speak. And I'm like, really? I did not know that. So Netflix has a bit of a problem, but they have so many subscribers. If they raise the price 50 cents, woo-hoo, it's going to hit the bottom line. Now, and a lot of people still perceive a lot of value there. The thing that they don't have is they don't have the super high quality films, but I'm not talking about that right now. They've got the ability to raise prices. Hershey is seeing a price rise on candy. It's the same kind of idea. You could own Hershey, ticker symbol HSY. Let's say you have a sweet tooth. Um, I think it's important sometimes to own stocks that, that fascinate you. Like I think NVIDIA AMD, they can make like Stormtrooper movies now on a desktop. Like it used to be like you could make a game like Pong or you could spell out your name on a computer um, with all that processing power. Now you could actually make yourself a Stormtrooper. But Hershey, and I, I, I think it's important to own stocks that fascinate you is what I want to get to stay with. Um, Goldman Sachs analyst Jason English upgraded the stock to hold from sell. Now, again, I call that like kissing your sister. A hold isn't exactly lovely. It's not, it's not hot. It's not sexy. It's 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 no Giselle Bundchen. It's no you know Rob Lowe in his heyday. I don't know what what, what comparison am I supposed to throw out there? So candy prices are expected to rise this Halloween. Now I'm one of those neighbors that I make fun of my other neighbors. I'm a neighbor that gives away pencils on on Halloween. I hate people that give away uh, pencils. I think you're ruining it. You're trying to impose your issue on a kid. Let a kid be a kid. I don't like fun-sized candy bars because they're not fun. I like full-size, blown-up candy bars. And I only give them to the small kids. And the bigger kids, they get the fun-sized crap. Let a kid be a kid. Like, when he dumps his candy and he sees a full-size bar there, and then he sees all these little mini Snickers and stuff, you're going to make his day. So, industry sources say that uh, Hershey Management and Mars has announced a 9 to 9.5% increase on a single-serve chocolate. Holy mackerel, that's a price rise, right? Candy prices are relatively inelastic, which is a fancy, fancy, fancy way 
of saying a chocolate bar that cost a nickel more than it did yesterday still gets eaten. That gives candy companies pricing power. One reason legendary investor Warren Buffet often sings the praise of his company called Seize Candy at Berkshire Hathaway. Now, I have a problem with Seize Candy. I don't have a problem with Warren Buffett. Seize Candies make their female employees wear these ridiculous outfits. Now, you may go, ah, that's tradition. That's wonderful. It's tradition. They're dressed as if they were chocolatiers from 125 years ago. And I just think it's shameful. We're not living 125 years ago. And that's why, you know what's coming to sports? Betting. Because of online betting, they're trying, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, they can't wait for more betting to come. Because they they need to draw a new audience. They need to continually reinvent. So, and I don't believe in living 125 years ago. Baseball is meant to be a purest game, and here's a scorecard. Um, kids today are taking Ritalin and ADD drugs and autism drugs. Like, like they're eating candy bars, like, like they're eating, you know, M&Ms. They're just pounding them in their mouth. You think baseball is going to appeal to that kid? Uh-uh. He needs something to keep his attention. So, um, you're going to see, you know, yesterday I did that story about Formula E, where during the race, your, your car if you go through, through an activation zone, you get like a, a, a four-minute power boost. But you have to be careful because it drains your electric battery. So you got to use your four minutes wisely. And then during the race, because cars can go faster, it's just like stock cars can go faster. Indy cars can go faster. They have to put standards on them to A, not kill the drivers, and B, to make it fair for all drivers. Um, if all the cars are basically stock cars and have the same type of uh, engine. So anyway, but to modernize things, you know, they're letting people vote during a car race who your favorite driver is. And I'm going to go with anyone named Mario because it's kind of like a Mario Kart game now. And when when you vote for the guy, he gets an extra 30 seconds of a power boost and his car starts glowing like a video game. So anyhow, and anyway, I'm totally digressing. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Um, yeah. Trump's business allies and over 400 bundlers. Give his 2020 war chest a huge boost. This is going to be a crazy election as far as um, money spent. There's one company I think that'll be a big, 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 big winner. It's not Nexstar, which is the company I work for in television. They'll be an okay winner, but it'll be great broadcasting. They've got a lot of TV stations in swing states um, and a lot of money. Um, a lot of Republicans and friends of Trump are throwing millions and millions of dollars into his reelection campaign. Real estate magnate Stanley Chera, Atlas Merchant Capital Manager, Director Patrick Durkin, Jeff Miller, an energy lobbyist. You can kind of see how it's going. And uh, I think we may hit a billion plus. Like, it's nuts how much money is being raised at this point in time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. I think Netflix is the big story today. But with that being said, I got to dig up more, right? Um, Comic-Con, which I think is pretty fascinating. I've got a friend who is taking a tent down. And him and his kid are going to camp out so they can get in on one of the panels. They're going to camp on a tent so they can be first in line on the sidewalk to get into the, the big event. It tells you the power of content. It really shows you the power of content. Um, people love comic books. People love superheroes. You get the idea of where I'm going at with that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think in the Americans like cutesy things, we can learn a lesson. There's a lot of controversy right now, a lot of uproar about the Face app. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Um, there's a lot of rubble, rubble, rubbling going on on are they keeping the data? So the basic premise is it's a photo editor. You take a picture of yourself, a selfie. It uploads it to the cloud. It does some processing. And ta-da, it shows you what you're going to look like as you get older. The problem is the processing is happening in Russia when you upload it to the cloud. And the company saying, we don't keep any of that data because 99% of people don't log in. If you logged in, they would keep it. Um... And we all know that there's some bad actors in Russia, right? That's what, we, that's what we call bad guys in this day and age. People who use the internet against us and try to, you know, kind of bait and switch, so to speak. What's wrong with people that they want to use this app? <laughs> Do you know how I unlock my phone? I show my face to it. Do you know what's on my phone? All my bank accounts. Do you think there's any chance I'm going to let a picture be taken of my face uploaded? Essentially, if someone, if someone in the between, not even the company, gets that information... You could be you could be compromised pretty fast. Facebook is surging in popularity. Face app is surging in popularity thanks to a filter that makes people look older. Face app's age filter has led to plenty of fun online. Some users are concerned because there's the Russian kind of thing in the middle. I say just don't do it. Um, don't do stupid stuff. Uh, it's the most popular free app on Google Play and Apple's App Store thanks to an age filter. Became popular in 2017. It uses artificial intelligence to alter your face. Throw in a little bit of gray. Throw in some age spots and ta-da, you look older. FaceApp's terms of service give the company license to use photos and other information uploaded by users for commercial purposes, including their names, likeness, and voices. You know that big disclosure that you never read? That terms of service? I, I don't have too much to say on this one other than just use some intelligence. Um, I know that if I do a search for ski resorts just on google that next time i'm on facebook it says hey uh you interested in going to this ski resort i'm like how did they do that uh for instance cfp chad burton has a, a cookie relationship with google or i don't even know how to say it but if you search for new focus financial or if you go to their webpage, you'll start seeing his picture and his radio show being promoted in your other websites in your other facebook's and st- things like that it's pretty creepy um and again, I just caution you uh, what you use the internet for and how you use it. Two days after an Instagram star's brutal killing went viral, YouTube is still hosting images of her body. This has got, this is a mess. It's a mess. Um, really, really button cute young woman, 17 year old Bianca Devins. Um, somehow, some way, I think she got into a relationship with another guy. I don't know the true crime story, but he ends up killing her and tries to kill himself. And. Before he did, before the police got there, he was posting pictures of it on on, on YouTube and Instagram. Um, Instagram moved the stories almost immediately, but YouTube it went a little bit more viral. On um, I don't know what to say. It, it this has to stop. So I don't think anyone has control of it, and it's just going to be a situation where. Uh, politicians are able to run shackle over these guys. Uh, you know, Facebook and Google know what porn you're watching, even if you're incognito. So porn sites are riddled with web trackers, including them from Google, Facebook, and Oracle. More than 22,000 
porn sites were analyzed, of which 74% were found to have Google trackers. Oracle had trackers on 24% of them and Facebook on 10%. So if you're watching porn, it's weird that Zuckerberg knows what type of porn you like. Um, Be cautious what you do on the Internet. Be very, very cautious. Um, I don't know. I'm not big brother. I'm not that kind of worried. But it's out there. Toys R Us, the world's biggest toy store, Toys R Us, is opening two more permanent stores in November. Huh. One at a mall in Houston and one at a mall in New Jersey. It's a joint venture between software retailer Beta and True Kids, the company that is helping to manage the brand name left in the wake of Toys R Us liquidation. It still has that creepy Jeffrey the... He's not a llama. Jeffrey the giraffe. Um, And trying to woo back people who love that brand. So trying to avoid past wrongs. Critics have pointed to several factors that led to Toys R Us downfall, including massive debt, competition from Amazon, overconfidence, failure to invest in stores. Whenever I went into a Toys R Us, it, it was a mess. You would be like, you were shocked at times. You're like, Monopoly only costs $5 now? Battleship only costs $5? And like they'd be on opposite ends of the store. The company hopes to open 10 stores across the United States. So it's kind of like a zombie. Even when it's dead, it's not dead. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, lower mortgage rates are boosting home building. Supply and demand is one of the very first lessons you learn in business, right? The more homes, the more competition of product available for buyers and product that you know, sellers have to compete with. So data on new housing construction published by the Commerce Department shows the downturn in home building has ended. Real mortgage interest rates fell from a peak of nearly 6% during the financial crisis to just under 1% by the end of 2012. That helped restore demand in America's housing market out of its freefall. Interesting stuff. Um, but again, where I live, it's so close to Facebook and Google and Oracle and Salesforce.com and you name it, it's out there. So... I, I pay close attention. There's no shortage. I mean, there's a massive shortage of homes. No shortage of demand. And it's, it's fascinating because when I moved into my town that I live in 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was a real blue-collar town. It was like the plumbers and the electricians and the contractors who worked in Palo Alto or in San Francisco. And now those people are gone. And for a while, it went very, very um, Chinese. And that seems to stop. And that's been replaced with um, young young people who work at Facebook and Google, and you get the idea. So, uh, and that's just in 10, 15 years, the massive amount of turnover. But buildings continue to go up. 91% of analysts are bullish on Microsoft. I own shares of Microsoft. I've owned it for 20 years. Um, I bring that up in large part because I legally have to. But when I see that 91% of analysts are bullish, it makes me a little bit nervous. When I was at my hottest, when I was the, the best I could be uh, as an investor, when I was all over TV, all over radio, um, there's only one place to go, and it's down. So I had a chance to go do a national show, and the agency group, CAA, said, can you yell? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, you need to go into someone's house and say, you got $400 shoes, are you crazy? And throw the shoes out the window. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'll talk about that, but I'm not going to yell. Uh, and that was, that was the end of it. That was as big as I was going to get because I wasn't willing to sacrifice to go bigger. Um, 
software companies and services companies are doing really, really well this year. A company called Shopify showing us that Amazon doesn't rule the world. A company called Coupa Software, Anaplan, Okta, Zscaler. They've more than doubled year to date. That means these software and services companies are going into earnings season trading at record valuations. Now, that makes me a little bit nervous. So you saw how easy just one metric derailed Netflix last night. I don't own any shares of Netflix except for maybe in a tech index or an S&P 500 kind of thing. But thriving software business could also be a consequence of widespread adoption of cloud-based platform softwares. And what you're going to probably see is that there will be a peak. We're not there yet, but there will be a peak. Microsoft, I was just bringing up, 91% of analysts like it. That makes me nervous. It's jumped 35% this year. In Microsoft, you think of Bill Gates, you think of uh, Paul Allen, you think of uh, the guy who owns the Clippers, and you go, gosh, these are a lot of old white guys. Um, they're not cutting edge. Anyway, shape or form, the guy who owns the Clippers, Steve Ballmer. But it's all about cloud computing. Uh, their business called Azure and its success in selling software subscriptions like Office 365. I use Office 365. I, I hate it, but I use it because it's, it's there. Microsoft's expected to report adjusted per share earnings much in line with expectations, but having been up 35% this year, will that keep those 91% of analysts pleased? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and New Focus Financial just came out with a new website in the last 48 hours. You can check it out. Uh, feedback was always welcome. There's good downloadables there. You can learn about investing, learn about savings, learn about retirement. You can check that out at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Some of my research points to insights and some of it doesn't. One of the more interesting ones is YouTube stars wish YouTube had more competition on other platforms. You look at some of these YouTube stars and you go, you're kind of lucky that you figured this out before other people did because you're not that talented. You would never have been able to break into TV um, on your own because there's much more competition. And now that YouTube stars are starting to, to moan that they want more competition so they can you know, play YouTube against other people. Facebook, Instagram, Amazon's Twitch, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok are amongst the biggest platforms vying for Google's own video platform's talent. So th- there's people that want to steal the talent from YouTube. Facebook had a big event last week where they're like, they, they want to get more content and they want the, the young kids who do it to come to them instead of go to YouTube. YouTube stars say, oh, we wish there was more competition. There looks like there's competition. Um, while YouTube effectively has made the market for individuals to generate incomes from independently creating videos and posting them online, they don't want to be overly reliant on any single platform and vulnerable to that platform's constant algorithm changes. So, YouTube is able to make or break you, so to speak. There was a big concern with this with Google and um, uh, Yelp. Yelp used to complain, and they still do, I'm sure. I don't pay as much attention to Yelp. Yelp's run by a guy named Jeremy Stompleman. And uh, he used to complain and say, hey, you know, if they change their algorithm and you punch in restaurants, it should come up with Yelp's reviews first. But instead, it's coming up with Google's platform on restaurants. Um, and that effectively could have put Yelp out of business. So having more competition might make the the ecosystem healthier and stop the 800-pound gorillas from becoming you know 1,600-pound gorillas. So YouTube's brand safety issues, corresponding demonetization of creators' videos called the adpocalypse. 
it's a jolt for creators. A couple of years ago, my kids were really into Minecraft, and they went to a Minecraft fair. Think of it as a local Comic-Con for Minecraft, and some of these stars, you remember PewDiePie, um, you know, he was one of the first people to make, you know, a million plus a year on YouTube from doing Minecraft videos, and he'd do things like, oh, look at, it's little Jimmy, he's down there and he's built on a platform. He'd use, like, cute little voices. And then one day he went on a, a rant where he started saying the N-word. And he started talking about Germany and Jewish people. And, you know, YouTube could shut him down. You, you get into that whole freedom of speech thing, but it's an issue. Um, so YouTube shows, it's pretty interesting, in my opinion. So the Google's video platform is pretty dominant. And if you go back in history, it's going to be one of the best acquisitions of all time when Google bought YouTube. But it's kind of a wild, wild west out there right now. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But when the YouTube content creators are complaining that there's really no place for them to go, do you feel bad for them? Or, you know, it, it's not their hobby. It's their career. And they've chosen to go that direction. So YouTube stars want an alternative to YouTube. And it's not that they want to leave YouTube, but that they don't want to be limited to YouTube. And they want more exposure. They don't want to be a drone to the platform, so to speak. Because you do get marginalized very, very, probably faster on the internet than anything else. Like Dave Letterman, there's a good example of broadcast television. At one point in time, he broke the mold of a late night television show 40 years ago. And then as time went on, he didn't really break any more molds and everyone started copying him. But everyone started doing one or two more things different than him. Jimmy Fallon would play stupid games with celebrities. We've never seen that before. And he'd put it on YouTube and people were like, that's funny. James Corden does carpool karaoke. He does the interviews, but he also does the carpool karaoke that goes on the internet and gets 100 million views. When you're Adele, she goes, I like 100 million views. So Letterman literally left television, I think, begrudgingly because he couldn't do the viral videos. So that's a good example of old school not necessarily staying up with new school. United Health, a big health insurer, reported profit of $3.60 a share above expectations. Revenue top forecast as well, helped by growth in health plan membership company also raised its full-year guidance. That's all good news. So beating expectations on earnings is okay because I think earnings are managed. Beating on revenue is okay because I think revenue can be manipulated. But when you raise, raise your full-year guidance, that's all a good thing. Philip Morris, international. You might remember at one point in time, Philip Morris was both international and domestic. They spun off their, their domestic unit and called it Altria. But internationally, they don't mind being called Philip Morris tobacco group producer uh, exceeded expectations revenue also beat forecasts and the company raised its full year guidance now this is the international so this is china and india and russia if you think about it that way um and it, as we've created more wealth around the world people smoke more people eat more meat people like uh, take more vacations but it's really the meat and the smoking that i find most interesting I'm, are you surprised Philip Morris is still in business? We know that it causes cancer. We know that if you inhale it, you will eventually die. Now, again, we're all going to eventually die, but you kind of speed it up a little bit. Apple upgraded to outperform from market perform based on confidence in the 5G phone cycle. eBay reported earnings expectations uh, higher than expected. They're going to sell off the StubHub. That's pretty interesting. StubHub is wildly profitable. Another good uh, business that they bought at a, a good time. AMD was downgraded to neutral from buy in a valuation call with a firm noting 
an 80% year-to-date up move. AMD's up 80% this year. I like that downgrade. It makes sense. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.